0: Boom shake the room Fire Nation JLD here with an audio masterclass that is literally going to be a critical component to your 2019 if you ever see yourself creating and shipping a physical product this audio masterclass is called Fulfillment for Dummies, a crash course on the pitfalls and opportunities within warehouse fulfillment operations and I have brought Harry of Amware Fulfillment which is a national fulfillment specialist that enables one to three day delivery in 98% of the US while helping fast growing companies scale fulfillment operations through every growth stage cycle. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things today, specifically, what are some common mistakes that online businesses make in fulfillment management with my three journals, the Mastery, the Freedom, and the Podcast Journal. You better believe I'm going to be taking notes because I both store and ship my products, not just to the US, but to the world. And I'm making a lot of mistakes that I'm going to learn from Harry today. So stick around, Fire Nation. We're going to thank our sponsor and dive right in. So what makes ZipRecruiter so smart? ZipRecruiter doesn't overwhelm you with unqualified candidates. It's powerful technology, scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills and experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast and as applications come in, their technology analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates to save you time and make sure you never miss a great match. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter dot com slash fire zip recruiter the smartest way to hire Harry say what's up to fire nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't
1: know I'll tell you something that most people do know uh, I'm a private instrument rated pilot but Ooh. what most people don't know is that I became a pilot to uh, overcome a severe fear of flying
0: Wow. Well, I have a fear of flying, and I don't think I'm going to become a pilot. So <laughs> I definitely give you kudos for that, my friends. Cool stuff. Well, listen, Fire Nation, as I mentioned in the intro, We're going to be rocking an audio masterclass on fulfillment for dummies. We will be giving you literally a crash course on the pitfalls, plus the opportunities within warehouse fulfillment operations. As I mentioned, this is a near and dear topic to me because I have the Freedom Journal, the Mastery Journal, the Podcast Journal. I have tens of thousands of these products sitting in warehouses, and I can tell you I'm making a lot of mistakes. So I'm taking notes. I hope you do too, Fire Nation. But just break it down for us right at the top, Harry. Why did you run? Write the ebook "Fulfillment for Dummies."
1: I wrote the book uh, because there's a there's a need out there. I'm I'm actively involved in almost all the new sales for my company, and I speak to entrepreneurs and business owners on a daily basis. And it's really surprising uh, how many out there. Uh, just view what we do as a black box, and 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 don't have visibility into it, and don't have a good understanding of it. And uh, so I wrote it uh, because I think when you when you approach this subject with some knowledge on it, uh, you'll do your organization better, and you'll you'll make better choices uh, in your fulfillment uh, programs.
0: So one thing that I'm really curious about, again, being somebody who uses warehouses and uses fulfillment and you know it's a decent part of my overall revenue stream like where's the direction of fulfillment going what's the future and what's the current state
1: the current state is uh, very, very fluid. It's a growing, gro- uh, it's a growing business. Obviously, more and more sales are happening online, and uh, the biggest impact to fulfillment today is really uh, the Amazon effect, if you will. The the breadth of products that you can buy on Amazon's site, um, uh, and more importantly than that, Amazon has raised the bar and expectations to where everybody wants their product faster um people want free shipping now and they think that they can get uh, you know the product uh, I order it today it'll ship today I'll get it tomorrow or the day after
0: or maybe a drone's going to drop it off at my doorstep in 2 hours one of the three
1: or maybe a drone's going to drop it off to your point um but for for us on this side that that are fulfilling order orders um it's getting harder to retain associates uh unemployment is down Uh, wages are up, Uh, people leave jobs for minimal amounts of money today. Everybody's got a living to make, so it's hard to retain associates. Parcel costs are constantly going up, and and they can make up as much as two-thirds of a fulfillment budget. And warehouse vacancy rates in the United States are down. The good news is the economy is humming, uh, and space is harder to find. And when that happens, space for cost goes up, uh, and taking on new customers can become a challenge because of that.
0: So one trend that I've seen again being in the trenches so to speak and this is with Amazon as well is that they're really ramping up long ter- long-term storage fees. Now, I've been using a warehouse back since back in 2015 and I have just had really reasonable storage rates for all that time in fact. You know, I bought like 80,000 units because these are non, um, they, they don't expire, you know, they're, they're journals, they're books. So they store really well. So I bought 80,000 to get my cost per unit way down. And I had this very specific, you know, long term storage fee set up that was, you know, year to year basis that was very affordable. And now I'm getting hit up by my fulfillment saying, hey, we are like quadrupling we are 5xing the long term storage meaning anything over 6 months is like becoming so super expensive why are fulfillment centers doing this and how can we as people that are using fulfillment centers you know not just kind of get priced out of this market
1: Part of it is being driven, obviously, by the economy, limited space. So Amazon's got um, a ton of customers, as as we all do today, fortunately. Uh, There's a clamor for services. Uh, We have limited space that we can put people into. And if you think of sitting at a bar and nursing that beer for a half an hour, uh, you know the the business is looking at that <laughs> stool and saying hey i can I can serve five premium drinks in a half an hour in an hour, day. and this guy is in here nursing the beer. Well, if your product sits in a warehouse and doesn't turn." Uh, you know, money is made uh, slightly on, on storing the product, but most is for value-added services. So bringing product in, bringing product out, packing it, adding value to it, making kits, whatever it is that you do, that activity generates revenue for providers, for warehousemen. And if product just sits there and doesn't turn, you you know, you can't make any money in that space. So therefore, they, they raise the rates, one, to try to recover some of that and two, to probably discourage you from placing products in a warehouse that are pretty much just storage.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. And like I said, that was a good analogy. I definitely understand that. So Fire Nation, just really be aware, number one, that's, these online warehouses these warehouses in general these fulfillment centers you know they are looking to move product the pick and pack that's valuable other value add services they don't just want you to take like in my case 80,000 books have to store them in the corner of the warehouse and just pay like whatever rate I've been paying every single month over the years like they're looking for a little bit more so kind of factor that in for sure now Let's kind of break down some more specifics. Like, how would you say, or how many would you say, warehouses an online retailer really needs to be successful?
1: Depends on uh, what your customers are really demanding. Do they do they insist? Is your is your current customer profile, or is your custo- current customer group, or future customer group, going to demand that product in one or two days? If if that's the case you're going to need multiple warehouses to do it efficiently. You can ship anywhere in the United States overnight from virtually any point, you'll go broke doing that. So what you really want to do is get that product placed as close to your customers as possible. And that might necessitate three, maybe even four buildings. If your product is a commodity and it can be purchased if there are substitutes that are very similar to your product, or if you're selling this a reseller and selling the same product as others, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't have the product either in stock or close to a customer where they'll receive it in a day or two, they're gonna shop elsewhere. So that's, that's gonna drive the fact that you'll need multiple warehouses. If your product is very, very unique, can't really be purchased anywhere else, um, or if it's if it's such that it 's in a class by itself, the quality of your material is is unique it's 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 really worth waiting for uh then you don't need multiple warehouses then you're going to be able to get by with one or possibly two, and customers will accept a little bit of a longer shipping time as a result of that so so really it's about what's the customer experience going to be for delivery what's the product that you have? Um, And again, if people can wait for your product, if they're willing to wait a little bit longer for your product just to have your product, then you can put it in fewer warehouses.
0: And that's why Fire Nation, you really need to do your research and find the right fulfillment company. For instance, for me, knowing that by far 90 plus percent of my sales of the journals were going to be in the United States. I found a company that had one warehouse in Cali and one warehouse in Pennsylvania, so that wherever the journal is ordered, whichever one is closer, it's going to go from that warehouse. It's going to be a much easier experience. So if somebody orders you know, from New York City, it doesn't have to come all the way from Cali. It's coming from Pennsylvania. So that just makes the process a lot better and simpler, and again, impacts customer satisfaction, which is what I want to talk about next, Harry. How does fulfillment in your experience from your side of things impact customer satisfaction?
1: Imagine opening up a package that you've been waiting for, whether it's two days or two weeks, and you open up the package and um, the product was just kind of thrown in there, you know, during transit, it got shaken around, It's jumbled up in there, or it wasn't the right product. Uh, you know, you ordered a red, you got a blue, you ordered a large, you got a small, whatever it may be. Um, you know shipping on time with one hundred percent order accuracy really extends trust in your brand and in your product, and just really heightens the customer experience. You know, The greatest product and shopping experiences can be undermined by a poor fulfillment experience, whether it's shipping late, whether it's an incomplete order, whether it's sloppy packaging, you're missing pieces, nothing worse than getting something that you're gonna ultimately put together and you find out pieces are missing from it. So it's really important that the product go out on time, go out in tech, go out as a perfect order, and you know, again, packaging plays a, uh, a big role in customer satisfaction. Um, you know, ha- having the right kind of inside packaging where it looks like care was taken to make the product uh, look nice inside, it just enhances that entire experience for the consumer and really will want to make them come back and repurchase from, uh, from your site, if you will.
0: And that's the key word, Fire Nation, repurchase. I mean, that is a huge part of my business. People you know, finishing their 100-day Freedom Journal and then ordering another one. Or people finishing their 100-day journal, loving the experience, wanting to try the 100-day Mastery Journal. Or just saying, I want to get into podcasting now. And I know that JLD does great uh, products and creates great content. And I trust them because of my past purchases. So I want to go with a podcast journal. Like making all that stuff happen, Fire Nation, starts with that initial customer satisfaction that they order the product, the product arrives, it's undamaged, it's packaged nicely, it's on time, all of those things. It's absolutely cool critical for repeat customers and for people to just become evangelists about your products and services. They're going to tell their friends like X, Y, Z. That's why, you know, one reason where Zappos became so famous because they would upgrade your order for free. They would add a little gift. They would do this. They would do that. And people started talking about it. They would get interviewed on CNBC. Like, Think about those things, Fire Nation. It can really add up. But we make a lot of mistakes, Harry. I make a lot of mistakes, for sure, because it's not like my sole current focus, which is why we need experts like you to come on, talk to us, write books like you've written. What are the common mistakes that you're seeing online businesses make when it comes to their fulfillment management?
1: There are several common mistakes that, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and businesses make. Um, Interestingly today, uh, B2C and B2B, many, many businesses are serving both markets And in an effort to maintain good quality to both markets and fill rates, what what a lot of entrepreneurs want to do is split that inventory. So I'm going to set aside product that just goes to consumers, and I'm going to set aside literally the same type of product that goes uh, 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 business to business. And so what they do in separating that product is that they'll actually separate them in a warehouse so that there's no chance of it being commingled. There's no chance of my B2C inventory going down to satisfy the B2B. And that one drives up your costs. Um, it's it it goes back to my earlier comment about how many how many warehouses you need. If you start to put your product in multiple warehouses, even the same inventory, your carrying costs go up. You've got to manage two inventory points or three or four uh, and then and then you've got to manage shipments to those facility points. So you really just drive your administrative, your labor and your inventory costs way up. Um, Another another mistake that's fairly common is the uh, the failure to efficiently scale your operations. So e-tailers make a couple of mistakes in this area. And, And one is before products actually gain traction in the market, they're going to do they're going to want to do fulfillment themselves maybe to see what it's like maybe to start out uh, or maybe they'll just find a, a single location mom and pop kind of fulfillment partner if you will and then when the product takes off and volume spikes uh, there's really no time to react, and they're dealing with a small provider that really can't scale effectively, and so they're missing out on on uh, fulfilling orders. They're having disappointed customers, and you know you don't get a you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. So you really turn off potential buyers, and again, the repurchase with that. And then and then there's the companies that go in the opposite direction. They're well-funded startups. Uh, and they wind up spending a boatload of money in upfitting a facility in anticipation of growth and operations. And they wind up with tremendous infrastructure and carrying costs uh, and equipment that's not utilized properly. And again, all they do is drive up their own costs, their own inefficiencies, and ultimately either have to pass that on to a consumer and become somewhat uncompetitive, or it eats into their margin. Um, You know, outsourcing to a third party Creates uh, a, a flexible fulfillment solution that you can grow, that can grow as you grow. Fulfillment costs are easier uh, because they match your revenue stream. So your expenses will match as your business grows. Your expense will grow, and they grow proportionately together. So they're 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 in sync and they're in line. Uh, another mistake that that's made is paying too much for parcel shipping. A lot of retailers view parcel shipping almost as a commoditized cost of doing business, uh, and they feel they have limited ability to really influence that. And that's not the case. That's a mistake. There are many cost-saving, profit-improving strategies that you can use to control it, Uh you know that that determines the size of your box um, will determine how much you're going to pay for shipping, and there are cost-effective boxes that you generally just don't buy from a box maker. You might have to make it a little bit customized, but you'll save in the long run on that. The other thing that that outsourced companies, third-party providers can bring to the table is is leverage. Uh, we have we handle almost a million shipments a month in my organization, at Amware, we have tremendous buying power with, uh, with DHL, UPS, FedEx, that an individual entrepreneur doesn't have on their own. So by going with a third-party provider, you're able to take advantage of that scale that they can leverage for you. Um, m- many cus- companies also starting out make uh, a mistake that they don't need a warehouse management system. And, you know, when you're small, it's entirely possible to get by with a highly manual approach. Uh, but as your sales grow and you're trying to manage your 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 uh, your inventory and your business and your orders on an Excel spreadsheet, that can quickly get out of control for you. I mean, obviously, a solution to that is buying a warehouse management system, but those can run you in the area of a half a million dollars. And again, as you're starting out, uh, why make that expenditure? If you outsource that, you can take advantage of a warehouse management system that I have that I spread over a million orders a month, that you get all the functionality. All the benefit of for a fraction of the cost. And then, and then. One final big mistake that, that's made on the outsourcing part is not, not constructing a good outsourcing agreement. Um, outsourcing agreements fail most often because the buyer's expectations were not clear up front. So if you can carefully construct a, a scope of work document, that's going to make the headaches go away later. Take the time up front to align with your provider on the objectives of the project, performance expectations, cost, and timelines. And as business starts to ramp up, up when you really, really need that thing to work like a well-oiled machine, your fulfillment machine, you won't be sitting down arguing, uh, worrying about agreements, about, uh, gee, we weren't expecting this. You know, it's going to have a well-laid glide path for your growth and it's going it's to facilitate growth. Again, when you get everything done up front uh, in an agreement that here's my full scope of work, here's what I expect you to do. It's not, it's not like building a house. You can go up to a, a contractor and say, hey, I want a four-bedroom house. Uh, two-story, 2,000 square feet and walk away, or you can really sit down and say, hey, here's what it has to consist of. Here's more detail. Let's get it done up front. I want outlets in every room, three outlets in every room. I want this lighting. I want this kind of heat. You understand the more detail you get into up front, the better the experience will be when it's completed.
0: Lots of great food for thoughts there, Fire Nation. A couple of things I want to go back over that I think are key. Number one, you know, if you're going B2B and B2C, so that's business to business and business to consumer. Really be focused when you're splitting that inventory, because that can be a big no-no if you don't do it right, because costs can go way up. So just make sure you're very intentional about that. And then also failure to efficiently scale your operation. And that, again, kind of goes to my next point, which is if you are growing, if you are scaling, you need that warehouse management system. And the bigger you're going, the more efficient, the more effective, the more professional that warehouse management system has to be. As Harry mentioned, this can go as high as 500 k So, you know, it's definitely could be a big cost. So you don't have to be there day one, but you want to always have that on the horizon that what am I doing to have this warehouse management system for this growing business that I have. Now we have a ton of value bombs, Fire Nation, coming at you when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Fire Nation, I'm here with Ian Siegel, the CEO of Zip Recruiter, And Ian, I assume that you had a few hiring challenges of your own before you founded Zip Recruiter. What encouraged you to build Zip Recruiter to begin with? The decision to build ZipRecruiter stemmed from my own frustration with how time-consuming and frustrating the hiring process was. I was working for startups where we were too small to have our own HR department, and so I was posting my own jobs to multiple job sites and then finding my own way to get the candidates out of those sites. It was one of the things I looked forward to the least in executing my role. I built ZipRecruiter to create a one-click simple solution where you push a button and your job goes to every job site on the web And then all the candidates come into one easy to review list. It makes the hiring process so much simpler and it makes it so much faster to find the right person. Fire Nation, I can empathize with how Ian used to feel. Can you? Because before ZipRecruiter, you had to go to multiple sites, each with their own unique login and password combination. The process was so disorganized. Being able to access all your job candidates in one place is a huge time saver. Having an organized process is critical, Fire Nation, when you hire and it's built in with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter makes hiring simple. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. Zip Recruiter's powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right skills, education, and experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. It's no wonder Zip Recruiter is rated number one by employers in the US based on trust pilot ratings of hiring sites with over a thousand reviews. And right now, Fire Nation, you can try Zip Recruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's Zip Recruiter. Dot com slash F-I-R-E, slash FIRE. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Harry, we're back and I have an audience of entrepreneurs, of small business owners, and they have a lot of things they need to do to run their business successfully. So why do we need to also understand picking, packaging, and shipping? Break that down for us.
1: Inside the warehouse, picking for instance, is the largest labor expense um, inside the warehouse again. So what drives up that expense is not just the activity of picking product, but travel time and in a warehouse. So in other words, an order that has five, six, seven, eight items, eight different items on it. In a warehouse, uh, you're walking to get that, uh, that product from place to place. So understanding how that product is placed in a warehouse or understanding what the picking costs are in a warehouse will just set you up for you being a good partner and helping to keep that cost uh, down, if you will, reasonable, uh, and helping the 3PL uh, keep that cost down. Well, let me down. break in
0: here for a second because like, what's something that we could do to really be helpful in that scenario?
1: There's nothing that helps like planning and there's nothing that helps like data. So if you happen to have Let's say a hundred different items, two hundred items that you're selling, uh, providing providing your third party provider with what you think sales velocity will be by item. Will allow that provider to put those uh, those high velocity items together, so that when orders come in for that, they're walking less. If you're not sure about where that what the velocity would be of your sales, because m- look, most sales follow the 80-20 rule, right? Twenty percent of your items account for eighty percent of your costs. If you don't know that and you just place the product in a warehouse in a hap not in a haphazard way, but rather in a random way, you may walk from end to end to constantly fill orders. And it's just, again, it just takes longer to fill an order. If it takes longer to fill an order, your charge is going to be higher for that order. Again, you either have to pass that forward or you're going to wind up absorbing that and making less profit.
0: And the reality that I found a few times, like I've just barely kind of missed that drop off where the product's gone out for the day or it hasn't. And then I've had to deal exponentially with the product not showing up on time, the customer complaining, and the tracking and this and that. So Fire Nation keep it easy. So, one thing I should say, Harry, is I'm curious because I've never outsourced this yet, but at what point do we think that outsourcing fulfillment actually makes sense?
1: let's talk about the pros. Uh, Generally, you can uh, save money by outsourcing and 10 to 20% of savings are typical. Um, and, and, And it can be even higher with with parcel shipping management, uh, if you allow your uh, your provider to to manage your small parcel shipments, again, they're going to leverage their buying power and they'll pass some of that on to you, obviously, and you'll be able to save money. Um, now, the pro is if you have large volume swings, if your business is very very seasonal, uh, outsourcing makes a lot of sense in that point. In that case, you know you don't want to be encumbered if you're doing it internally and you have volume swings. You've got to figure out how to get temporary or part-time employees on board to handle that volume swing, something that you're probably not focused on. It's not your core competency. You just want to sell. You don't want to be a labor manager. You don't want to be having to make these arrangements for that. So third-party providers, can do this, they do this all the time, they have arrangements with many staffing companies, they have access to temporary employees that most entrepreneurs don't have. Um, When the, The reason for outsourcing, scaling easily and quickly, again, whether it's a promotion that you want to run. Uh, that just came up that you had an idea you see an opportunity to run a promotion and you really want to ramp up very quickly again a third-party provider an outsourced provider who does that for a living who does that all the time they can do that significantly faster than you can again you're going to source labor you're going to have to source supervision to manage it you're going to have to start uh, all sorts of agreements to get that on board third-party providers have that in place many times they may not even have to go outside uh, for labor they may Have it internally. There may be, you know, seasonality for everybody isn't at the same time. You may hit it with a third-party provider where another account gets slow. You get busy, and they can just transition employees within within the uh, uh, within the warehouse. And then, you know, finally, look, you know, focusing on your core business is really, really critical. If if you're the captain of a ship. Uh, and there's problems in the engine room, it might be good to have an understanding of what's going on in that engine room. But if you've got to roll up your sleeves and go down there and start working on the problems, uh, nobody is managing, nobody is is captaining that ship, and it's going to kind of drift, if you will, um, out in the out in the sea, there, there's uh, there's an interesting uh, story I like to tell, and it relates to flying, and I think it's very apropos. In in the seventies, um, on a seven twenty seven, there was a flight crew that was on on a final approach to a Miami International Airport, and if you remember, in those days, there were three people in the in the cockpit: one was a flight engineer, first officer, and a captain. And all of a sudden, the green light came on, and the first officer kind of got occupied with the green light. It had to do with the landing gear. And it was really nothing more than a malfunction in the light. But, you know, he kind of pointed it out to the first officer and said, hey, check this thing out. And they started to chat about it. And before you know it, they got the captain involved in it. And all three started to focus on this light that was really unimportant. And before they knew it, They had actually, the the plane had actually flown into the ground. Everybody on board uh, didn't survive. And that really gave birth to the uh, proximity, the uh, ground proximity warning system. But the point of the story is that someone's got to fly the airplane. Someone's got to manage your business. Someone's got to look out for your business long term. And if you're worried about the nits and nats, if you're worried about the operation and how that's going to be, you can't manage your business. You can't grow it. You can't guide it. You're going to miss operations opportunities so those are the main pros uh, for outsourcing now there there are some cons when you outsource there's there is the perception that you lose control so in other words you're outsourcing to a company like mine the employees don't work for your company they work for me and you're kind of worried about that they have the same care do they have the same um, um, passion about my product as my own people would have um, it's 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 there's a little bit of truth to it but at the end of the day we have a business to run as well we take an interest in your product we want to be an extension of your back room um, but ultimately that's something that goes to an entrepreneurs mind outsourcing can also mean losing people you've had people that maybe you've started up with your own team and they've worked with you for a few years and there's a loyalty uh, and you know where you outsource to might not be locally so you can't these people can't just transition the job and you kind of feel a a kinship and an affinity for the people. I think that's a a great trait. It's good to take care of your own people. Again, uh, you got to think about the benefit and uh, the well-being of your own organization to grow. Um, And then, you know, you have to learn, you know, learning new skills. So so managing fulfillment companies like mine is a new skill set. Um, I, I don't think you would ever want to fully throw the keys over to someone and say, "Great, manage my business." You do have to be a partner to that business. It is it is a piece of your business, and so there's a skill set in managing the third party that's a little bit different than managing internally. So those are those are the pros and cons of outsourcing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there are very very few businesses that that have logistics as a strategic objective, and so. Partnering with someone who's really good at it, who really knows how to do it efficiently, who knows how to keep those costs down for you uh, is a big, big plus.
0: So, Fire Nation, I love these analogies that Harry's using. And also, that story, I mean, just brings things to light. Literally, the green lights. I'll probably never forget that story. And every time I'm landing now in a plane, Harry, I'm going to probably <laughs> yell out, don't look at the light, guys. Like, it's just, what? But there's a lot of things that you should be focusing on there, Fire Nation. The pros and the cons. But overall, even if you are running your own, you know, warehouse fulfillment, film, you have those people there at the same time. They're working just like Harry's people are working. And if you can instill care in them, that's what Harry focuses to do, instilling care for your products and services in your business as well. So Harry, overall, you wrote the book, Fulfillment for Dummies. So you literally wrote the book on this topic, on this subject. How can people get a hold of that and maybe learn more about Amware as well?
1: Very, very simple. Uh, just visit com. Right at the top of the page, you'll find the book. Uh, the book was written fairly generically. It will help entrepreneurs as they try to outsource. It's not specific to Amware Fulfillment. The website obviously is. If you want to know more about us, what we do, who we are, it's all on the website. Uh, just a click away.
0: So speaking of that click, if they do order Fulfillment for Dummies, what happens next?
1: They can just download it right from the website. Uh, they can read it. We'll probably make contact to see uh, within a few days, do you have any questions? Is there anything in the book that, uh, that didn't answer a question for you? Can we have the opportunity to, uh, to answer that? It's as simple as that, no pressure.
0: So as we kind of wrap up our chat today, Harry, what is one thing, like one theme that you just want to make sure our listeners really get from our entire conversation today? What is that one thing?
1: Do your homework very, very carefully. Uh, think long and hard about outsourcing. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of people out there who claim they do it. Uh, just understand what you want to get accomplished. Uh, do again. Do your homework. Do your research. Partner with someone uh, that not only has the skill set but has the same temperament as your organization. It's a marriage, uh, and like any marriage, you want to make sure that you have the right partner who has the same interests as in you uh, that will. Establish be uh, a good compliment to you that what you need, they can provide and what they need, you will provide.
0: And one more time, what's that call to action for fulfillment for dummies?
1: www.amwarefulfillment.com.
0: Fire Nation, amwarefulfillment.com. Head over there, get what you need, learn more, learn from the best because you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with HD and JLD today. So keep up the heat. And if you head over to eofire.com and just type Harry in the search bar, the show notes page for this entire episode will pop up with the links to everything that we've been talking about. And Harry, I want to thank you for sharing your truth, your knowledge with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: It was a pleasure, John. Thank you.
0: Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bombs was brought to you by Harry and the Amware team. And if you're ready to rock a podcast, you should really be checking out freepodcastcourse.com because big surprise, it's a completely free podcasting course where you'll learn how to create, grow, and monetize your very own podcast. I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Ready to hire a team but not sure where to start? Luckily, there's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So what makes ZipRecruiter so smart? It learns what you like. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter and start reviewing applications, your feedback teaches ZipRecruiter's matching technology more about the precise skills and experiences you're looking for so it can invite more people who have them to apply. This helps you quickly get better and better candidates until you find the perfect one. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at Zip ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.